I don't want to say being trans isn't a real thing and that there aren't real trans people, but I knew a lot of people growing up who they decided that it was just just a phase. So I think that especially for kids, they should have time to really think about it and get therapy and not be able to make life-altering decisions. Welcome back to Other People's Lives. I'm Joe Sanagato. I'm Greg Dybeck. For anyone out there that would like to be a guest on our show, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Uh, our email is oplpodcast at gmail.com. So just send us an email and we'll get back to you. Yeah, today we're speaking to someone who reached out with an email that read, I regret my transition. It caught our attention because it's a point of view and experience that we personally haven't come across before. Uh, We've learned about several experiences of transgender people on the show throughout the years. So this is another uh, kind of interesting journey and, and take that definitely caught our eye. So we're excited to jump right into it. And as always, we've got our guests on the line. And thanks for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So can you just explain to us uh, your transition uh, so we have an understanding? What sex were you assigned at birth? When did you first decide that you wanted to transition? Uh, So I was assigned female at birth and I was around the age of 15 when I decided to start socially transitioning. I started hormones when I was 16. Um, I'm 23 now and about a year and a half ago was when I really started to think about, uh, you know, what being trans meant to me and how I just, it was a complete mistake for me. Why do you think that it was a complete mistake? Um, I just, the changes it did to my body. And I think that I mistook being, I don't think I, I actually felt I was male. I think I just felt at the time when I was 15 that I didn't fit in and I didn't know how to fit in. And I took on being trans to make me feel like I fit in somewhere. Um, but once I got into the real world and I, you know, I stopped having trans friends and such, I started to realize that it wasn't who I was and that I, I missed being a girl. So when you were 15, how did you sort of begin that process when, process when you first had the thoughts that you did want to transition? Was it a conversation with parents? And can you kind of break that down for us? Yeah, so it was more so with friends first. Um, so I actually, I lived in a different state for 15 years of my life, um, and I never thought about being male or anything. I was 100% content with being female. And then I moved two states away um, to a bigger city. And when I started school, I met some trans people. And so that's when I really took took that on. And I discussed it with my friends um, and how I thought maybe it, maybe it made sense for me. And they were all for it and kind of in a way pushed me to transition. Um, and so then at that point, I think it was like maybe a few weeks where I told my mom, um, she was confused, but she accept, she, she always accepted me for anything I wanted to do. Um, and then after that, I just kind of slowly, I told my dad and I told my brothers and, um, the rest of my family. So around that time, I mean, 
you know, just kind of reiterating what you said, you felt like when you started hanging out with transgender people that those specific people that you were hanging out with sort of, uh, did you say they kind of pushed you to do it? Maybe not so much pushed, but it was definitely made to feel like if you're trans, you are very special and unique and everybody's going to look up to you and treat you nice. And I think that was, I've, I've always kind of been more of an attention seeker. So, um, I think that's a big reason that pushed me is I, I, it made me feel like I was special and that I would be more special if I was, if I went through transitioning, is that something that you sort of uh, understand now or, or feel now upon kind of looking back in hindsight? Uh, or in that moment, do you feel like you had some awareness that maybe you weren't fully committed to wanting this or you were sort of unsure of the reasons that you did want to transition? Um, I think I'm more so I made st- I made stuff up in my head. I made things from my childhood makes like I would take things from my childhood and say, this must, those must have been reasons that I was meant to be male. Whereas they were just normal kid things, um, that, you know, normal people do. But, uh, so I think I, I kind of, I made it make sense. Um, and uh, but now I when I look back, yeah, I'm like I I think I just didn't really care so much. I just I wanted it, I wanted to be different so bad that I ran with it. And now I can I can see more clearly that I just wasn't I I wasn't really thinking about what it would mean for the future and if I if it was really what I wanted or not. So and how far along into uh a transition did you get you started doing hormonal uh therapy yeah uh so i wanted to start almost immediately um and i tried i tried going to a so in my state you have to legally you have to go to therapy for six months before they can uh like before they can prescribe you hormones um so i had found a therapist who didn't quite understand, and I think I, I'm not. He didn't quite understand why I was there and that I wanted to be on hormones. So I went to him for six months, but at the end, he said he couldn't do anything for me. So I found a different therapist who almost told me that she would almost like immediately get me on hormones, which is a big red flag I see now. Um, she should have seen me and dis- discussed with me why I wanted to be trans. And I think that if she had done her job better, I, I never would have transitioned. Um, but it was so after seeing her for four or five months, she wrote me a letter to get on hormones. So it was about a year. Um, but I definitely could have gotten on it sooner if I had taken different steps, but it was about a year. And what, what sort of things like, I mean, you don't have to answer this, but like the, the therapy, what are they asking? Does it, is it, because the way that you sort of describe it is like you have to prove that you actually want to transition. Is that sort of the basis of it or is it just kind of like general therapy? 
I th- well, I'm, as far as I understand, I'm pretty sure they are supposed to, for the whole six months, go over your childhood and why you think you're trans and, you know, make sure that it is because, you know, luckily I didn't do other than taking hormones, I didn't do anything per- anything else permanent to myself. Um, but a lot of people do, and those are very serious things that are very hard to come back from. And so they're really supposed to take those six months, at least in, you know, in my state, um, to make sure that this is a serious thing, especially for a 15-year-old, um, which I don't think a 15-year-old should be able to start hormones at all. But... Um, and so, yeah, I, th- I think, you know, they, they should have to be able to prove it basically. Um, which from my experience, my therapist didn't care at all. She just wanted to, she just wanted to get me on hormones and she didn't, she never asked me and any the, questions. The first therapist you said at the end of the time was like, I can't help you. What, what was, what was that I, like reasoning? I think he misunderstood from the beginning that I think I had told him that I I wanted to talk about being trans and that I had anxiety about it. So I think he kind of just, he started me on an anxiety program for the six months. Um, and I also, I wasn't really sure how it all worked. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just go through the six months of uh, therapy. And then at the end, he'll write me my letter, I guess. Um, but he just said, he was like, oh, well, we didn't talk about any of that. So I can't do anything for you. And I, I didn't want to, it was kind of a misunderstanding. I didn't know how it worked and he didn't understand. I guess maybe I wasn't clear enough, but so it was more so just a, a, a waste of time. <laughs> you said in your email, I feel the system failed me and let me slip through the cracks. And now I'm suffering the consequences and having to deal with issues. Not many people have to deal with is, are you referring to the sort of system that you went through with the therapist? Um, is, is that kind of the, the issue that you have? Yeah, that, that's probably the biggest thing is I, I feel like if, if my therapist had done her job right, that I, I would have realized sooner that, um, you know, at least, at least if I hadn't been allowed to start hormones until I was 18 or something, I would have realized within that time frame that, that it wasn't right for me. Um, but yeah. And she also, again, she wrote my letter for me to start hormones. Um, well, she initially wrote it at our two month mark. Um, but I couldn't get into an endocrinologist, um, for another few months. So by the time I got to the endocrinologist, it was five months. So I also feel like my endocrinologist shouldn't have taken the letter and given me hormones because, I hadn't been seen for six months. Um, so that was also just another fail on, on their part, I feel, because I was only 15. I didn't really, I just wanted what I wanted. So is it almost um, trying to think of sort of an analogy, like in your mind, is it sort of uh, a doctor almost writing a prescription for a drug super quickly without proper evaluation? Is there sort of, um, I guess like this, uh, is there a belief that doctors are almost like too quick to diagnose? I think it's, is it gender dysphoria is what they like call it medically. Um, is, is that sort of the argument that you're making? Yeah, I I think so. And I think 
Um, it's definitely with, with how much it's blown up being trans over the past five, you know, seven or seven or to 10 years. Um, I just feel like it's, uh, nobody really questions it anymore. It's always just, if your child says they're trans, they must be trans. You can't question it. Um, and if you do question it, you know, like, so my mom, thought that if she didn't accept me, I might kill myself or hurt myself or I might hate her forever. That's what she was told. So that's kind of why she went along with it is because she thought if I don't accept my child, I'm going to lose them, um, which wasn't true, but that's what she believed. So that's why I was allowed to start hormones so, so soon. I see. So almost this like, like a societal pressure of if she didn't allow you to kind of make that decision for yourself that there could be larger I guess consequences but meanwhile I guess from your experience you feel like you're dealing with consequences now um, because you were I guess so easily uh, able to start your transition you're saying right yeah and why do you think that the second therapist was so I guess trigger happy in in making this uh, diagnosis or like you know I'm gonna write you a letter in two months instead of the, the six months. Like wh- what do you think is the reason why uh, they would do that? I think she was just another one of those people who thought that if someone says they're trans, they are trans a hundred percent. There's no, that, you know, that she couldn't doubt it. Um, she just, she had more of that personality of free thinking and she was kind of a, a hippie in a way. So, um, I think she's just she was just one of those people who thought that if you're if you say you're trans you are trans. Um I think that's why she was so glad to get it going for me. Yeah. So I mean this is obviously such a contentious topic. I think it elicits a lot of strong opinions and beliefs from people and I guess for you when you sort of first said to yourself I don't think that I want to go through with this or I want to detransition uh, was that hard for you? Was that a lot of pressure because of this large decision that you've kind of already made um, publicly in a way, you know, to your friends and family? Yeah, definitely. And I would say I was in denial for a good year or so. Um, not necessarily denial in that I was a female, but I was terrified to, to detransition because I didn't want to make my family you know, feel guilty for putting me through that. And, um, and you know, I, I've been working for the past five years of my life and I have always been a male and, um, that's another hard thing is figuring out, you know, I transitioned in high school when nobody cares. I didn't care, but now, you know, I have standards that I want to be seen in a certain way at work and I want to be trusted and, not have things be awkward. Um, so that's scary for me. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I was definitely in denial and just terrified at first. How long after your, I guess the beginning of your transition, did you realize like, Oh no, I'm making a mistake. And was there anything specifically that you can pinpoint that, kind of validated that feeling that you had inside yourself that like, Oh no, I'm making a mistake. Um, it was about, it was my five, 
my five year um, shot that I was that I would have taken was the one that I decided to stop taking hormones, um, and I started to think about detransitioning. Um, and uh, what was your second question? It was just: uh, Is there like a you know a, a specific thing that you can pinpoint where you dis- oh. where you kind of made that decision, or that made you start to feel like I've made a mistake? Yeah, uh, I would say the body hair I started to grow was a big reason for me to stop hormones because, you know, I was always told that, you know, you're, you're going to grow body hair. That's what being a man is like. That's what you have to deal with. If this is the the choices you want to make, if if you want to be a man, you have to deal with these things. And I started to get them and I, I, I hated my body hair. And I I just started thinking like, Oh, I don't have to deal with these things because my body was not, was not meant to deal with this amount of body hair. And I do have the choice to stop hormones and not have body hair. Um, and that was just kind of the initial thought of like, okay, why do I really want, why do I really want to continue being trans when I never wanted to get top surgery? I never wanted to get bottom surgery. I never, I, you know, I, I only ever took hormones and I loved my female body. Like it was just really, I just really started to, there was that one thing that pushed me to start thinking about why I was uncomfortable being female before and if I really was, or if it was just something I kind of made up. Yeah. Because it's interesting the way that you sort of describe it is, you know, you, did you feel like before you met, uh, your transgender friends, did you have a feeling of one day, maybe I would be open to transitioning or did it sort of, it was birthed when you met uh, those specific friends that you said sort of like encouraged it in a way. Yeah, I would, I never, I, so growing up, I was always a tomboy. I always, I would wear my brother's old clothes and I had my hair short, but that was just, I just, I hated long hair when I was little. It annoyed me. And I looked up to my older brothers and I wanted to wear their clothes. Um, but I never, I remember one time in like third grade, a kid asked me if I was a boy and I broke down crying because I didn't want, I didn't want to be seen as a boy. Um, but I did look like a boy because of my short hair and the clothes I wore. Um, but I never, there was never a time when I thought maybe when I get older, I will be a boy. I just always thought I was, I'm just, I'm a girl who dresses like a boy and that's what I liked. And I even, when I got to like sixth grade, I started dressing in girls clothes and I grew my hair out long and I was completely happy with that. Um, but yeah, it really, I never thought about it until I started at my new school and I just, at the time I just wanted to be, I, I felt like I wanted to be someone different and I took that to the extreme. (laughs) So you ultimately decide that you will start this detransition and can you just walk us through what that entails exactly yeah um well so i i stopped hormones obviously um which has been a ride in its own um obviously so well i consulted with my endocrinologist and she told me i could just stop i didn't have to wean off them i'm not sure what the proper way is i don't think anyone really knows what the proper way is um cause it's not done very often, but, uh, so I stopped taking the hormones, which as I'm learning, it takes a long time for your body to come back 
um, from taking one set of hormones to go back to your, you know, normal hormones or, you know, being more estrogen than testosterone. Um, so I've had a lot of ups and downs hormonally and emotionally. Um, and, but so that's been over the past year and a half still, uh, I still struggled with that. Um, but yeah, it, it was, it was a slow process for me because I was, I was scared to go out into the world as a female because I do have a more masculine face, at least from my point of view, I feel like I look more masculine and my voice is deeper than it used to be. So, um, I feel like even if I did wear female clothes, I would look like I was transitioning the other way. Like I was a man transitioning to a woman, which I, that's what I'm trying to get away from is I just, I don't want to be seen as trans. I want to just be seen as a girl. So that's been a really hard thing. Um, just wanting to feel normal. Um, not that, you know, not that being trans can't be normal, but for me wanting to feel normal as a girl, um, and so it's just been dealing with those, you know, when I start using, when I started using my birth name again and going out in public and I might, you know, if I go get fast food and my birth name is there, they might, they look at me sometimes like, are you this person? And I'm like, yes, I'm this person. Um, because my name doesn't really match my appearance. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's been, yeah, that that's an interesting dynamic. Uh, in the process of detransitioning, you're almost being seen more as someone transitioning, right? Which I guess detransitioning is transitioning, technically. In a way, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, wow. So, where are you now on this journey of detransitioning? Um, well now I'm, I'm definitely a lot more comfortable. Um, so like, so if I go out, I, I mean, I have like my, I have more feminine clothing, um, that I wear hundred percent of the time when I'm home. And when I go out, if I go get groceries or whatever, um, work has still been, I still identify as male with my work because I just started my job, um, several months ago and I started as a male when I wasn't, I still wasn't comfortable dressing as a female or identifying completely identifying as a female. So, um, I still identify as male there and I'm trying to figure out a way to go about it. Um, because I do have a lot of anxiety about that. Um, but other than that, I mean, I have a wonderful boyfriend who I've been with for five years and he's been a great help. And so other than work, I, I'm very, I'm a lot more comfortable. Is this someone that you were with before you started the D the detransition? Yes. Wow. That's, we call that the OPL effect on this show. <laughs> All, every guest somehow finds the uh, most supportive partner for them, which is always amazing to hear. Yeah, it's been it definitely helped a lot. <laughs> he was very supportive, and that was just without question. He was he was fully supportive and and wanted to you know be with you through this journey. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he was supportive. I mean, he loved me when I was trans when we met, and then when I started to question, you know, detransitioning, he was supportive then too. And 
in a, you know, in some ways he'll loves me being a girl more sometimes. So it's like, it's, you know, he's been great with it. And what, uh, I mean, cause I know that we're talking about, you know, especially in the beginning about, you know, the system failed you or whatnot, but do you personally have any sort of beliefs on what you hope the process would change for anyone else that is looking to transition? Like which things should have been in place, um, to prevent sort of things like this from happening? Um, well, it's kind of hard because for me personally, I would have at least liked to not have been able to start hormones until I was 18. I think that if you can't smoke cigarettes until you're 18 and you can't make, you know, you can't smoke alcohol or drink alcohol until you're 21. And there's these other, what I, I would think of even as smaller choices that you can't do until a certain age. I think hormonally changing your body and having these surgeries that permanently alter your appearance um in ways that are very hard to come back from i don't think and i at least don't think anyone under the age of 18 should be able to make those decisions um because you're still a kid and there was a lot of things i said that i wanted to do when i was little that i didn't end up wanting um so i think it in my opinion you should at least not be able to until you're 18 until you're an adult um but other than that, it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of hard because um, everybody's different. And I don't want to say being trans isn't a real thing and that there aren't real trans people. But I knew a lot of people growing up who, or when I went, when I was in high school, who said they were trans. And after a year or so, they decided, it, they never took hormones or anything, but they decided that, that it was just just a phase. So I think that especially for kids they should have time to really think about it and get therapy and not be able to make life altering decisions. I, I found a quote from, um, a therapist named Stella O'Malley. Um, she's pretty outspoken on this. She said it's become blindingly obvious over the last year that D trans is a huge part of the trans phenomenon and that D transitioners have been undermined and dismissed. Uh, and it seems like from some research we did before, like this is, um, a community, you know, there are stories, there are people, you know, with a voice, uh, who have gone through this. Um, but it's, you know, for us, your email stood out cause it's not really, uh, story or experience I think um that you hear too often or that at least gets shared or gets publicity um but I was just curious if if you kind of agree with what she said in in that sense um that that is a big part of the community and uh undermined and dismissed were the words that she used yeah definitely and I mean I've tried to talk about in the beginning um, of my detransition, I had joined like a, a trans group on Facebook and um, tried to just ask if anybody had ever dealt with those feelings. And it's you get pummeled for it, like you people, you know. Um, and again, I'm, this isn't everybody in the trans community, but a lot of them they think being trans. If you are trans, you are trans, and you can't go back. And you know, it, they feel like detransitioning is taking away from being trans and making it seem less real um and so yeah definitely i got a lot of hate in some senses um 
for wanting to detransition, which is kind of insane because it, there are people who, who it is a mistake and they were never meant to be trains. Yeah, that is kind of like ironic in a way because right. it's exactly like the other way is exactly what everyone is sort of supportive of is like, yeah, if you feel a certain way, you should, you know, do whatever you want uh, to make sure that you're the most comfortable in your own skin. So if you feel like oh, I may have made a mistake here, which when you really think about it, like uh, it's, it's, I think that it's obvious that of course that would happen some of the time. Uh, I don't think that 100% of the time, um, especially, you know, with uh, children, even younger than 15 years old, um, could possibly read a situation wrong or, you know, anything. I know when I was super young, I didn't, I didn't even know what anything was, you know? So exactly. uh, definitely, um, definitely uh, if there's no sort of age of consent, I guess, for this type of thing to start hormones, um, then stuff like that can happen. Um, so yeah, it is ironic and strange that that would be met with, uh, I guess a negative response. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Or just a, a desire to make topics so black and white. I mean, it goes without saying like you're, you're not even here speaking on the behalf of the D trans community or anything like that. You're sharing your personal journey, your, you know, your truth and, and what you've gone through. Right. Yeah. Well, so, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I was just going to ask, like, you know, as a whole, do you think that, uh, like, where do you think society sort of stands on this issue? Um, and you know, I guess what is your, I mean, I guess your opinion is like, you, you're not like obviously against, uh, anyone transitioning. You just think that there should be a, an, an age where it's allowed. Yeah, in a sense. And I mean, I, I mean, and I think, I think any child should be able to express themselves how they want to. And, um, but I don't think that if a girl likes boy, wants to wear boy clothes and likes boy toys, that their parents should be like, you must be trans. Let's start that process right now. I think they should just be allowed to like whatever they want to like. And when the time comes, you know, when they're an adult, if they still feel that way, then they can pursue that. But, um, but you know, I, I, I but I, yeah, I, I think that um, they just—they're you know, children are children, and they're gonna do things and have these thoughts, and it doesn't always mean that it's gonna be uh, you know that it that it's who they are necessarily. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that kids should be allowed to be kids and not have these thoughts pushed into their brain. Um, cause like you said, when you're a kid, you don't think about what makes a girl a girl and what makes a boy a boy. And, um, you're just like, I'm just a kid. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And uh, I'm just curious. I mean, with this journey you've gone through, um, how are you sort of processing it present day? Um, you know, like, is this something you regret or are you almost thankful for, you know, what, what you've been through, has it kind of, um, helped you get to a place of just really knowing and understanding yourself? Um, just curious because it is, um, I think, a, a very unique and intense journey in, in a lot of ways and just kind of, yeah, like how you're processing it now. Um, I, I, I don't think I would say that 
I would ever, if I could go back, I would never transition. Um, I definitely think it was, it made my, my life currently a lot harder. Um, and I, I struggle a lot day to day, just dealing with the things, the way my body, the way my body did change. And like, I have some health effects, um, like from wearing a binder to compress my chest, I have rib issues now that, um, cause me a lot of pain and, um, and you know, the hormones, I feel like my hormones are just way out of balance and that causes a lot of issues. Um, and again, I'm very thankful that I never got surgeries. Um, but I, I, I would say I, I regret it hundred percent. And I, if I could, I would go back. Um, I don't think I really took anything helpful out of my transition and that I would have been completely happy just if someone just told me to wait until I was 18 and I would have just gotten over that um, idea of being trans and I would have realized that uh, that's not actually what I wanted because a big thing is once I started hormones even if I did think maybe I shouldn't be a boy I couldn't like at that point I had committed. It was a big deal that I was starting hormones. It was a big deal that I was a boy. Now I had to keep, I felt like I had to keep going. Um, and then, you know, just eventually I realized, no, I, I don't have to keep going. <laughs> right. And I guess, you know, before we wrap, do you have any sort of advice for anyone who may be listening and maybe in a spot where they're thinking about transitioning, but, maybe they're a little bit unsure. Like, is there any sort of advice you can give to someone like that? Um, I would just say, listen to your parents and, um, you know, go to therapy and try and figure out why you feel like you're, you might be trans and think about the future and the long-term effects. And if that, those uh, thoughts really make you happy, um, and just get, a more outside point of view. Um, and yeah, just be more open-minded that there are people who make who make the mistake of transitioning and it's also okay to do transition and it's okay to regret it. And you don't have to just keep going with the thought because everyone else is, or because people may look down on you for it. Well, we really thank you for, you know, even just reaching out to us in the first place and just sharing, you know, this perspective, this experience that that you've gone through. Uh, we, we appreciate it. Uh, we know it's not easy, you know, coming on the, the show and talking about topics like this, um, especially ones that might, you know, generate, like we said before, a lot of opinions, a lot of thoughts. So, you know, can't thank you enough for that. And, and we really appreciate it. No, thank you. I, I'm thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it too. <laughs> yeah, and uh, best of luck with everything. Thank you. All right, have Bro. a good one. You too. Bye. See you. Before we get to our final thoughts, we do have a sponsor for today, which is Bond Charge. Bond Charge is a wellness company that has these scientifically backed glasses that will help you, it will change your life and make you feel so much better. Uh, as someone who stares at a screen all the time, whether I'm at work or at home watching TV in the dark or my phone or a laptop or anything like that, um, I'm in front of a screen a lot and the 
the just staring at screens is just not good for your eyes. It makes your eyes strain. It gives me headaches, you know, stresses me out and also, uh, can affect my sleep at times. So with their blue light glasses, uh, you know, they help so much in, you know, keeping my energy up and helping me sleep. Um, cause it's really not good to be laying in bed, watching TV in the dark right before you go to sleep. It like keeps you up and you just don't sleep well, um, through the night. So with their glasses, it helps so much. And, uh, yeah, they have light sensitivity glasses. Also they can come in prescription if you want them. Um, also if you wear glasses and you would like to have these glasses also, you know, you could double dip have the prescription, but also a blue light, uh, glasses. You can get that as well. Um, but yeah, they are amazing. You guys should definitely go check them out. Like I said, they come in uh, prescription or non-prescription. I have non-prescription because I wear contacts. Um, but yeah, uh, bond charger has other amazing, amazing products such as, uh, low mood. Um, I'm sorry. Sorry. It says low blue light, uh, light bulbs. Um, they have red light therapy devices, um, so yeah, go check them out. Um, definitely a, a lot of good products that they have there. And also you can go to bondcharge.com slash OPL and use the coupon code OPL to save 20%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E.com slash OPL and use the coupon code OPL to save 20%. Again, start improving your sleep and uh, your energy and everything else. Trust me. Uh, also easy returns and exchanges and it ships worldwide in rapid time. So go check them out, bondcharge.com slash OPL. Wow. Well, I, I, I'm really glad that we get to have conversations like this because I feel like, especially when it comes to the topic of, uh, transgender, there's still a lot of like, we don't know anything, you know, at least, I mean, I don't know anything, you know, and I, and I, and, uh, you know, I feel like I'm pretty open-minded to, to everything that's going on. So that's why when I hear a story like this, like that makes a lot of sense to me. Like I was saying, of course, there are going to be people along this journey that, you know, deciding first, I just want to say that like being transgender and feeling like you're living in the wrong body is probably a very extremely difficult thing to be dealing with and also confusing, especially when you're younger, uh, and to get to a certain point where you feel like I need to get surgery, I need to do whatever. I, I think that's great for people who are, who that, you know, want to do that. They should do that. Um, what point they are in their life. I don't know that I necessarily should have an opinion on that, but whatever. Uh, they're not my child or whatever. So it, I don't really have a say, but, um, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think that it would be foolish to ignore the fact that of course people will make mistakes and especially younger people, uh, will make mistakes and even older people maybe who feel like, uh, I think I feel this way or I, this, I'm very strong. Uh, I have a strong opinion about this and this is what's going to help me feel better, or this is what's going to, you know, uh, change my life in some way. And of course people are going to make mistakes along the way and feel like, you know what, I actually made a mistake. I would like to detransition. And I think that the fact that that is met, um, by anybody, it's, it is strange to come from the transgender community because I mean, we talked about the irony there, but like from anyone to, to kind of look down on that is foolish to me. Like, of mm -hmm. course people are going to make mistakes like that. It's a very confusing and big decision. And there's a lot of pressure. Um, like they were talking about, uh, you know, once you started, it's like, how can I stop? I've already made this big commitment now. 
people feel that way about college. You know what I mean? They go away to college and it's like, that's like an easy one. Like you get, you get there and you're like, Oh, I don't know if this is for me. I, but I have to stick it out. Like my parents paid for the semester already and I got to, yeah. you know, like, and that's just, just do that. what you did and uh, show up, but don't go to class. There you go. That's There's why I went to community college. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, that's such a, a smaller uh, like thing to, to feel that way about. Um, but tons of people have that decision. But now imagine it's like your own body, like your own, the way you feel and the, mm. the skin that you're in, like it's, it's way more complicated and nuanced. Um, so, I mean, I think that, you know, when it comes to, to uh, at least the transgender sort of topic in general, I think that for anyone listening and for like me personally, the way that I kind of treat all of this is just listening and, mm -hmm. and being open to the idea that yes, of course, people will feel this way and, uh, but detransitioning, okay, fine. Like, I, you know, cause we're still learning. There's, I can't, how can I make a hard decision or have a hard opinion about something that we don't even truly understand, at least for me, people who are as educated or less educated than me on the topic, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. No. And I think that's the beauty of getting to hear such different sides of, of similar topics. And it just kind of hammers home that, you know, one decision or one path is, it's just, it's not universal. It's not going to be the same for everyone. You know, one person's decision can be great for them and another person's decision can be great for them. And it doesn't mean that it needs to be, you know, a blanket to everyone in a community or everyone needs to follow the same path. Um, from getting to hear, you know, from a mom who just fully supported a very, very young child in starting right. their transition on the show. I think it was, I think that kid was like six, six to 10. I forget the age. I remember to hearing someone who's, you know, now going through, um, you know, detransitioning and yeah, it's just, um, there's something almost refreshing about it to me as a takeaway to just understand that everyone's journey can be so different. And again, the people on this show, they're not coming here to speak for a whole community or, or say what's right. Um, or what's wrong for other people. And that's, what's been so great about the guests, even today's guests, it's, you know, here, here's my truth and, and, and here's my experience. And, right. um, it's, it's nice to be able to hear that. Yeah. And it's a very difficult issue to sort of kind of like fix or try to fix in a way, because it is a case by case thing. Um, to do that. And I think the problem is that a lot of the, the, the conversation around, uh, the topic of transgenders is so polarizing and people are just screaming at each other that that's probably why, you know, you have someone like this therapist, which I, I mean, I didn't, the, the way that she described it, I don't, I don't know, but the way that she described it is like the therapist has to do the six months, but after two months was so ready to do it. Or, you know, maybe her parents were too like, yes, of course you are. And you know, whatever, like, I, that to me comes from a place of fear. Like it's like, or just like misunderstanding. Like I think that it should, like obviously it's very nuanced and I think there should be a lot of conversation around it and, and understanding around it. Like it's, it's a confusing sort of topic and it's a confusing thing for everyone to kind of deal with. So if you don't have open conversation and it's either, you either say yes to this um, or you're a bigot, you know, mm -hmm. or, or, or it's like you, say no to it because you refuse to understand it at all. Like, I don't get it. Uh, you know, it's not my generation. I'm done. I'm not look like there, there should be this middle ground where there is more conversation because I think that that's the only way that, you know, whatever, some of the issues within the transgender community could be sort of fixed is mm -hmm. with those conversations. But if people just on, on both sides are like, 
oh no, I'm, I'm super down with everything, and they just say yes to everything, then you could make the mistake of letting a five-year-old be on hormones accidentally. And I know that there are cases where people who are five years old uh, feel like I need to transition, and then they transition, and then they live a happy life. Of course, I, yeah, I don't doubt that that happens, but I also don't doubt that it happens to a five-year-old who may have made a mistake and feels like, you know what, I actually didn't want to do that, and they get to a certain age where now they have to detransition. And if they're, that's met with now, like, a, a negative sort mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. thing, it's like, there's just so much pressure around this, especially when you're dealing with children here. Yeah. So I think it's a case-by-case -case basis, more conversation and just more understanding instead of yelling at each other and forcing people to make a decision like that. Because mm -hmm. it's it's way more difficult than that, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's dangerous if we try to terminate like the nuance that does exist, the complexities and the back and forth communication that sometimes needs to happen for topics like this or, or decisions like this in life. And I think, yeah, that's why I'm, I'm glad that this person reached out to um, kind of give this side. I remember this email coming in and it was like, oh, someone's like, wants to speak up about this. Like someone, you know, like I never, I never really hear this side of the story. No, you not know? at all. And that's why I think it's such a cool, you know, sort of episode and, and not to compare it to a different thing. But when you think about it, bro, every day people are getting tattoos removed. At some <laughs> point they got a stupid tattoo when they were 17 and they're like, Oh, I got to get this thing removed. And they're like in their thirties. You know what I mean? Like, not that those are the same, but the, the principle remains that like at 17, you could be so sure about something and you could even love it for 10 years. But then at a certain point, you're like, I don't know that I want this anymore. If that is possible, then of course it is possible that at a younger age, you can make a, uh, you know, sort of harsh decision that you could maybe later end up regretting, which is what happened in this case. Um, but yeah, difficult thing to sort of like solve or whatever. I just think that everyone needs to be more open-minded and just listen to people and just be aware that these things are possible and can happen and not just write off any side of this conversation. Um, and I guess that kind of applies to everything nowadays too. People are I think so it does apply like, to it applies to every single conversation because people just want to yell at each other. They just want to be right, but no one wants to listen to the people who are actually like dealing with this. Um, so it gets difficult and then everyone gets defensive. So it's like, you're not changing my mind now. Fuck you. And it's just like this whole thing, but I'm going to stop rambling. Uh, that was a, a great uh, conversation. We appreciate her coming on and telling her story. Um, and for anyone else out there that would like to come on the show, hit us up. Our email is oplpodcast at gmail.com. Send us an email and we'll uh, get back to you. Yeah. Follow us on. TikTok, Instagram, at OPL Podcast. Shout out to all the patrons who support. You could head over to patreon.com slash OPL show. And that is all for this week. Yep. See you guys next time.